Welcome to Northridge Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. For more information, visit us online at northridgethomaston.com. Now prepare your heart as we dive into God's Word. Listen, I believe that today offers us one of the greatest moments of worship in our church from day to day, week to week. Why? Because it gives us an opportunity to hear from you and to preach perhaps one of the greatest messages that can be preached, and that is your declaration or public profession of your faith. You know, in the scriptures, there's two sacraments and only two that we are to keep. One, of course, is the communion, receiving from the holy table of Jesus. And that communion was instituted in Exodus chapter 12. You know the story as the children of Israel being called out of bondage. And God sent these different judgments into the land. And of course, the final one was the, the death of the firstborn. And he made a way out. Somebody look to your neighbor and say, he always makes a way out. Go and tell him. And this Passover meal that God was instituting through his mouthpiece, Moses, said that if they would take the life of an innocent lamb, see Hebrews 9 and 22 says there can be no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And in fact, we know that it had to be innocent blood. So he took that perfect spotless lamb and each family, each household had to take its life and then take that blood and apply it to the doorpost and the lintel of each of their homes. And the only people that would have heard that would have been God's people. And so when the death angel moved through the camp that evening, the Bible says that there was death not only among men, both small and great, but even of the beast of the field. Just to think for a moment what the yelling and the screaming and the hearts that were being taken, what that must have sensed in that moment. But yet, think of those households that had the blood applied as that death angel came through and he saw the, the blood applied to the doorpost of that home, he would pass over that home. 1,500 years later, that word would be made flesh and we would behold his glory. Jesus became the Passover lamb and he stepped on the scene and he said, I'm the one without spot and without blemish. Even though he, he knew and was, was tried in all the same ways as you and I, yet he never did sin. He had to maintain that perfection. Remember, fully God, but he was fully man. Tempted in all ways, yet perfect. The sinless Lamb of God. In fact, that the Bible tells us he was slain before the foundation of the world. It means that he had, Donnie, a plan of redemption before we ever messed it up. That speaks of his sovereignty. When he died on the cross, for every man, woman, boy, or girl, from that moment all the way to the endings of the finality of all things, who would receive him by grace through our faith, the death angel stands watching. The Bible says that the enemy is like a, a roaring lion. In, in some cases, he said he's standing behind the door. He's waiting to pounce upon you. But see, Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, watch this. He not only took away our sin as far as the east is from the west, but he also conquered death, hell, and the grave for you and I. So that when the, the enemy would like to come in and kill you or touch you or harm you or take from you, can I tell you something? He can't do anything without the authority of God allowing him in. But watch this. When we're faced with that final death, which would be the second death, because the Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die. We're all going to meet that fate unless Jesus comes back for us before that moment. But then there's a second death. That's that eternal separation from God. That's the one he took from us. 
becoming our sin, that we would be made the righteousness of God through Christ. So when we should be looking at death and death looking at us in that moment to receive us into Sheol, to the grave, watch this. He sees the blood of that spotless lamb applied to the doorpost of my heart and he passes over. The Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present before the Lord. There's no delay. There's no moment of transition. I'm sorry to tell uh, the Catholic Church there's no purgatory. Listen, the moment that I breathe from my lungs to my last breath, I breathe in glory. I breathe in heaven. Standing before the one who made me, who loved me, who redeemed me, and who still empowers me today. And then there's one more sacrament, and only one, and that is the sacrament of baptism. Baptism itself was instituted, of course, by Jesus' cousin, Elizabeth's son. His name was John. We call him John the Baptizer. And there in the Jordan River, he had his own followers, his own disciples, if you will, who followed him in this message of repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Can I tell you, I believe that's a declaration we need to make today in our culture. Repent, repent. Listen, everything offends everybody except for sin. Sin offends no one anymore. And it was the same in John's day. Repent. And he would baptize them into this storyline, into this, into this repentance unto belief. And in one of these moments, Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God, stepped down that bank that day to enter into and be baptized by John. And there was the declaration, behold, the Lamb of God, which, watch this, taketh away the sins of the world. See, prior to that moment, they were merely covered in the atonement. See, he's taken them away. The sins that you committed back there, they're gone. They're under the blood. If you're a child of God today, you are seen as the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see your failures. Come on, somebody. He doesn't see your faults. He doesn't see your mishaps. He looks, watch this, he looks at you through the lenses of his perfect son. That's what he sees. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Hey, can I tell you, this will blow your mind. Even the sins that you've yet to commit, he's covered them. To tell us die, it is finished, it is settled in heaven. That ought to make you swell up with an adoration and a huge amount of respect for just the moment of the cross alone. See, it didn't stop there. He resurrected, and then he sent another of the same, which was the Holy Spirit. He said, he will indwell you, endue you with the power from on high. And then when that happens in Acts 1 and 8, you will be my witnesses. You are plan A, and there is no plan B. You're the mouthpiece of a holy God. And I know we don't always get it right. Matter of fact, we don't get it right more than we get it wrong. But what I want you to know today is when Jesus Christ stepped into that water and as an example for you and I was baptized in water. Remember, John looked at him. He knew who he was. He said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. I'm not even worthy to loosen your sandals. He said, let it be so, John, that it may be fulfilled. And then there was a voice from heaven. It was his father. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What, what is God speaking over your life right now? See, I was baptized in a church when I was six years old. Mom and dad did it right. Maybe the preacher did it right. I don't, I don't know. 
But I just remember him saying, hey, if you want to not go to hell, you want to be saved, you be baptized. I still remember a conversation of repentance and, and calling on the name of Jesus with, with him at that time. And I don't, I don't fault him. I just, I just don't remember. Maybe it's all me. But I got, I got baptized and I lived my life. And then later in my life, after I got home from Desert Storm, I, I came to the realization that I am frail and I am fragile and life is not certain and, and I need to know. See, the Bible says, these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. There are so many people that I talk to today. So if you're watching or you're listening by way of the radio today, I want you to search your heart and say, do I know that I know that if I died right now, I have heaven for a home? Do I know it? Or are you sitting there today going, oh my gosh, I sure hope so. Can I tell you something? I don't serve a hope so God with a hope so gospel and a hope so assurance. He says, you can know it. And if there's something inside of you swelling up right now, saying, oh my goodness, I'm like Mark. I, I did it back then, but then I got saved later. See, I put the cart before the horse. And, and about age 28 or 29 or somewhere in there, I was like standing there going, I didn't do it right. And I need to do this. I need to be baptized again. That's what I was thinking. And I was thinking, everybody's gonna think I'm crazy. I was working with a youth group. I went to youth pastors in the military. And it's like, I want to get baptized again. I was scared to death of that because I thought people would laugh at me. I thought the students that I was serving would have looked at me like, what? What's going on with him? But do you know, Pastor Cody, that that night, I was like, I don't really care what anyone thinks. I know what God has put in me. Philippians 2 and 13 says, it's God that works in you both to will, that's the want, and to do, that's the action of his good pleasure. I was a little overwhelmed more so with what God was telling me to do than what I thought man would think about it. And it changed my life. But guess what else? Three other people that night gave their life to Jesus. Can, can I tell you how this works? God is using you and I today. Every one of you sitting over here. What you're about to do is the greatest message that's ever preached. And we're watching. And I pray that what you do today provokes someone in this room to do the same. I pray that it stirs them up. So you may be sitting here saying, I didn't bring a towel. We got you covered. Hey, I didn't bring a pair of shorts. We got you covered. Maybe you didn't make a plan. Maybe before the service is over, there will be a spontaneous moment. And you could say, there's nothing standing in my way because God is prompting. Let me close with this before we baptize. In Acts chapter eight, Philip is going down the road to Gaza and he comes across a man that the Lord had placed him with. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. He was a, a leader in the household of some great leader. And he begins to dialogue with him. And the Bible says, I love this. He preached Jesus. That's it. He's told him about Jesus. And they come across a body of water riding. He just heard it. He just heard it, Bubba. He just heard the message of Jesus. And they're riding in their carriage. And they look over and see a body of water. I want you to listen to the intensity of this Ethiopian eunuch's heart. He said, what prevents me from getting baptized now? Peter said, nothing. They pulled back the reins on that horse and they got out and they did it now. Everybody say now. See, this is the only moment that you have. Betty, I say this with all respect. We may not make it to tomorrow. You only have right now.
And I'm proud of you guys because you know what? You're taking the right now moment and you're redeeming it. The Bible says, for the days are evil. This is the moment. And I don't take that lightly, and nor does our staff. We want to honor you. We want to say thank you for allowing us to be a small part of your big decision in declaring the glory of God in your life. Y'all give them some love. Give them some hand. Thank you for joining us today at Northridge Church. We hope today's message inspired you in your walk with God. We hope you take your next step by connecting with us online at northridgethomaston.com.